0: Hello, and welcome to LARP for Life, your podcast all about LARPing.
1: (laughs) Part three, because we have been trying to record this for the past ten minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Well, anyway, my name is Luke LJ Richardson, and I'm here with the lovely Caitlin. Hi. Yes, here to talk I'm back, baby. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) And I'm here we're here to talk to you about NPCs. Yeah. And so (laughs) NPCs are also known as not (laughs) Motor
1: Hobo (laughs) fodder.
0: Yes, they are. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're cute. (laughs) (laughs) npcs are known as non-player characters and a non-player character is essentially any character in a larp story who is not a player character Mm -hmm. so the player character is like who you sign up to be when you decide to play larp like when you make your character sheet when you pay for an event when you show up and you dress up in your own costume with your own backstory and you interact and you level, you create a character who gets character points and levels up, that's a player character, that's a PC. But those aren't who we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the NPCs, which is everyone else in the world. Like, when you play Dungeons & Dragons, all of your NPCs are usually played by one person, the Dungeon Master. Yep. But with LARP, it's a little bit different. With LARP, you actually get the NPCs played by a wider variety of people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the advantages that LARP has over some things like Dungeons and & Dragons and tabletop role-playing because you can create a, a world that feels a little more fleshed out, that feels mm-hmm. a little more lived in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like Caitlin, what would you say your thoughts on like the importance of NPCs in LARPing? Well,
1: the first thing that comes to mind is, like, because a lot of different people will come together and play NPCs, you're getting a lot of other sources of creativity. So I can think of, like, with Carps, there are several different GMs and narrators, so they're all building the world together with their own little flavors, Um, I can think of a couple people that focus on, like, more horror themes. Others focus on more fun, happy-go-lucky, like, just very entertaining plots. Others are more focused on, like, history and lore and world-building and physical world-building and that kind of thing. Um... And from each of them, you get either fantastic villains or fun, quirky little characters that'll just pop up every now and then, or they'll just play goblins and give you something to do. And so, like with Carps, you can volunteer to be one. So, regardless of whether you're on the staff or not, you're getting the entire player base to be involved and add their creativity to it because even if they're just given a role, They get to choose how to play it.
0: Something that I've always loved about NPCing, especially at CARPs and most other LARPs, is that NPCing can be a good entry point for people to get into LARPing. Mm -hmm. Like, suppose that you've never roleplayed at all before, but you want to start LARPing, and you're not... You don't have time to create a character sheet, and you didn't have time to get any costuming, and also your budget is a little bit thin, so you just don't have enough money to pay for a lot of expensive events. Something that a lot of LARPs do, and I'm so glad that they do this, they will actually let you play the game for free if you NPC the entire time.
1: Which I have done.
0: So rather than showing up to an event and playing a player character, you show up to an event and you play as many NPCs as they require. Mm Now. Caitlin and I, our friend Olivia
1: yes. has <laughs> done that. To, I was about to bring up Farbeth <laughs> <of that> too.
0: <laughs> our friend Olivia has LARPed with us a few times. And if you're listening to this, Olivia, we love you so very much. <laughs> and we are so proud of you for fighting on the front lines. Oh yeah. And protecting everybody and keeping <laughs> everyone safe. Or
1: trying to kill During people. this
0: pandemic. <laughs>
1: Oh right, she's a nurse. Crap. Yes, <laughs> Did I take it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's I prob- we were
1: still talking about the game. <laughs> she's
0: probably going to appreciate that though, Caitlin. She loves that kind of stuff.
2: <laughs> oh, so
0: anyway, Olivia, in the game, she has played so many NPCs, and she's always managed to make them very memorable. Like one time, she played this woodland <laughs> kind of druid. Um,
1: oh yeah noble
0: so -hmm. she had this like elegant kind of foresty looking dress and like an antler style headdress Mm -hmm. i think she was playing like a wood elf or something
1: when was this i don't remember this
0: this was like her first event
1: really i actually don't remember that yeah it was
0: briefly it was very briefly near the end they had sent some npcs down to the tavern and so she decided to and it was like a conglomeration of nobles
1: Okay. And
0: dignitaries from other lands.
1: Oh right. I completely forgot. Was that that was the was that July? Yes. Yeah, that was July. Because we there was the ritual and mm-hmm. we had just saved the world and yes. we all got like a walled and a royal. I didn't realize she was there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Livy. <laughs> Apparently you looked really cool and I missed it.
0: <laughs> it was awesome. But um Olivia's most um recognizable npc farmer beth. is farmer beth. She's farmer just that <laughs> she's just this um farmer, this peasant who wears this <laughs> wide brim hat. She's got this um southern accent, this southern drawl. She's farmer beth. farmer beth. And she's just she was always very she acted very kind. She would just show up in the tavern and be the Grupo. supportive Mm-hmm. goofy kind of like motherly figure I
1: think my to everyone my favorite memory of that is when I was just kind of teasingly I was more interacting with her as my roommate than like in character and I and I stole her hat <laughs> and she just yelled you done took my last name <laughs> <laughs> I lost it because I was super tired but that was also just really funny <laughs> Yeah, and like that—that's why I love just getting random encounters with NPCs because I love people just being hilarious with their characters in that aspect. Because a lot—that's the magic of NPCs. They're not always like part of a giant mission; they just fill the world with fun and flavor, like mm. poke. Yes, I say poke.
0: That is the perfect segue. Caitlin, (laughs) you've played a few NPCs in your time. I want you to talk about yours, and then I'm going to talk about some of the NPCs I've played.
1: Okay. So, well, my favorite and most known one is Poke the Orc. Um, Poke
0: Pleasant. Poke
1: Pleasant. Um, And that's that's a joke because... she ended up being the younger sibling of one of our established characters, Stab. And if you're York.
0: listening to this, Stab, we love you.
1: <laughs> yes, he he always announced his presence with "Stab here," um, still does. Um, but so I just thought it would be funny just for her to say oh, present" and have that be part of her characterization. <laughs> Daughter of, I think it was Crush and Nap. I think that was their, <laughs> that was their parents' name that we decided. Um. And I just had her be like, she was, she's my goofy, like very innocent orky type character. She who just tries her best and is just like, she's just meant to be cute and lovable and like an innocent little character. Um, meanwhile, I have also played an undead, um, an undead warrior. And that was probably one of the most fun things I've ever done because it's one of the most powerful monsters I've ever played. And so. It was interesting being on the other side of combat and actually being a threat to players and being a focus of attacks. Especially in the context of like when we were given instructions for how to play our NPCs, we were told you keep coming back until the main villain says a specific word. So I had unlimited lives. So no matter how many times I died, I could come back. And that was kind of the scary part of it. But I also had to be... I was actually a semi-intelligent undead, so I got to be tactical instead of just rushing into things. Anyway, that was, like, one of the most fun things I've ever done. I also have an NPC who's, like, an elder in the works, and I won't say too much about it, because I know a bunch of the people listening are going to be involved with that. Um, so I'm just going to leave that at that, but I had a lot of fun designing her. Um, yeah, the I can't really think of...
0: I can think of one more.
1: Which one?
0: Mama rat.
1: Oh yeah, mama rat. <laughs> oh um, boy. <laughs> so the joke behind that was that um, we were playing a bunch of rats, and they we had infested in town, and I was the mom rat. Um, so I had a couple lives. I was a big old rat. Um, so th- we had this little ongoing joke that if they could speak with animals, we were we were just talking to each other in the Mickey Mouse <laughs> voice, was like. Oh, dead to the non- death to the non-believers, <laughs> <laughs> I hunger for flesh. <laughs> oh boy. All my children are dead, Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was were the baby rats and they died first. <laughs>
0: i think marie walked oh, marie. in for just a second and then she started dying yes
1: she she started laughing but she she was able to resist it because she had to narrate what was going on she walked in just made a face and then went out that was so much fun
2: huh.
1: oh and i'm trying to think what else have i played um i was a gnome t.a for the orphanage field trip.
0: Oh, I loved the orphanage <laughs> field trip.
1: Oh, that was crazy. Oh. It was basically like every other NPC was playing a child that was just told to run around and goof off, and I had to (laughs) keep control of them. And everyone decided, you know what, I'm going to run with it. So they just booked (laughs) it in five different directions. (laughs) And I I actually started freaking out a little bit because I lost everyone.
0: (laughs) That was when Haley was with us and played (laughs) Ogilvy. Ogilvy! I loved Ogilvy. Ogilvy was the greatest (laughs) character of all. Yes. Oh Ogilvy, they were just this little,
1: this little. This little um Guthrie.
0: This little Guthrie.
1: Who uh, just always wanted snacks.
0: <laughs> because Guthrie's are very voracious <laughs> yes. little creatures. Yes, and, they love and, snacks.
1: and Haley was running around on her knees because she was playing a little hobbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's when one of my favorite NPCs <laughs> yeah. came in. That's when Percival, Percival. <laughs> was introduced, and Percival was a very precocious young child, and you he was basically brat. he was yes, a very spoiled child. <laughs> very much a Draco Malfoy, and very much was... a my father will hear about this.
2: Oh, and he said it you said it, <laughs> oh, it three times. My it.
0: father will hear about this.
2: And then you played I'm his father.
0: Bored. <laughs> and then I came back in you I came back in and I played Percival's dad. Percival's like this. The son of, like, a rich person. So, <laughs> like, Personal's not really a noble, but he's rich. And his dad's loaded. So his dad came back in as the president of the school board. <laughs> and for that voice, I just gave him my Alan Rickman <laughs> impersonation.
1: Because everyone knows that <laughs> presidents of school boards made, make loads of money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a revisionist larp. It's what we wish was true.
2: Jeez.
1: <laughs> oh, anyway.
0: So yeah, with Percival, I got to wear true. like a newsboy type hat and like a green velvet shirt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just looked like just looked like a, a cute little asshole who just wanted to <laughs> make everybody's life a pain.
1: Ah, that's the first time I've heard you
0: describe it like that. <laughs> I mean, that's what he is. He's a pain in the butt. He's just a <laughs> brat. And I love him so much. I want to bring him back. I want to bring him back as like a recurring NPC to give oh, people yeah. quests. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Like, cause I would like just say re- like the great thing about Percival was I I kind of leaned into a bit of a comedy thing in how he would be very oblivious about like what was actually right in front of him and about simple things, but he would have this really extensive vocabulary and talk about things that nobody understood. In that way, because he was a very precocious child, Mm -hmm. but he didn't know what he was talking about. But his dad always used these big, long words like voracious and quintessential and inquisitive and quintessential and stuff like that. So he would just like show off his vocabulary, but he had no idea what any of it meant because he was just a little kid. (laughs) Another one of my favorite NPCs. I can't even remember his name. But it was a quest where Haley was the narrator. Mm
1: -hmm. I was
0: set to play a big bad.
1: Which I really hope I get to do someday. I I would love to be a big bad. I
0: was set up to be this shadow mage that all of these famous people, all of these famous um, heroes of Midway, like Rexton was there. And I think Z was there. Morella was there. All of these like high-powered characters were there, and they were set to destroy a shadow mage. And I played the shadow mage, so I wore this gothic-looking robe. I had down over my eyes, so I looked like Emperor Palpatine. I talked. I I gave him a voice like this, and I was (laughs) like, "You're probably not what you expected, aren't?" (laughs) we'll all perish in the shadow of oblivion (laughs) so i just really leaned into it i was only alive for about like 10 15 minutes because it's rexton and you can't go up against these people and hope to survive believe
1: me i know i almost forgot about this the first time i ever npc'd i was playing it was another zombie character um and we were on the beach we were waterlogged zombies and they told us, okay, we have five lives. And I was like, oh, crap, we're going to be here for a while. You know who walked up? Rexton, Bearable, uh, Edriel, and then a couple other people. All I remember is that I got triple teamed by Edriel and Rexton and Therable. And I lost all five of my lives in as many minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And we had a cool <laughs> It was really funny because I lost all my lives and I saw a couple other people and I walked over and I was like, is this where the dead people wait? And he, they were like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then just two minutes later, I was like, oh, they're all dead. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it's time <to> go home.
0: <laughs> oh, so playing, playing him was a blast, even though I only got to be him for like 10 minutes. <laughs> but I got to, it was the most powerful I've ever been in game because my <laughs> base attack was 15 shadow damage, 15 oh, nice. shadow damage, 15 shadow damage. Oh, no. And I could do that at both point blank and ranged. Nice. And so he was a terrifying NPC. Another NPC that I played, one of the most memorable NPCs I think I've ever played, was... I. Pl- he didn't actually have a name. He was a grunt... In the Blood Axe Orc Army that served Nereza on Mm -hmm. the night
2: everything. Blood for more pizza.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the night when everything went bad. Mm -hmm. Because that was the night the unicorn died. And And
1: that, can can I actually interject just real quick? Because that was a really good example of how an NPC affected how I played my character. Because the unicorn, I didn't really know the unicorn that well in character. Marie played her so, like, ethereally, but, like, very warm and lovingly that I just, like, both in and out of character, I knew she was special, I knew she was important, and when she died, it really affected me. And because part of it had to do with my character not being able to protect her, that it sent me down my path, literally and figuratively. Um, because it also made me um, um, closer to a lot of the Wardens and to Liam, which led me to start becoming a unicorn mage. And it was all because of how Marie played her. Period.
0: Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Marie did an amazing job as the unicorn. So how that night started off was actually... Caitlin had gone to a few, he went to a few more events of Carps than I had at that point. So I was in my final year of doing the, the final month of doing the new player adventure mod. Mm -hmm. And so my final day doing the new player. So basically something Carps does to help break in new players and teach Mm -hmm. them how to play the game. They have a special quest mod called the new player adventure. And the new player adventure, if you're in your first three months, you go on the new player adventure. And the, the thing I've loved about Carps is the new player adventures always tie tie into the main story.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
0: even if Absolutely. you're not a high enough powered to deal with one of the bigger threats, you're still playing an active role in the story. Because I'd only played the game for two events so far. And so my third event was the day... The unicorn died, Mm -hmm. and how that began. I went on the new player module, and it was different because normally the new player module is you're on your way to Midway and you get attacked by hobgoblins or kobolds, and usually we would always find a way to get out of fighting the kobolds by just giving them food and bribing them.
1: Oh yeah, my my first death was on a new player mod. Did I tell you that? Oh no. I died on Moon, but I didn't lose a vitality because it was the new player mod and they are just like, oh, it's fine. It doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> You're just learning how to play.
0: Like, the new player mod is essentially the tutorial of mm, the game.
1: Yes. So I died in the tutorial. Anyway.
0: <laughs> and unlike Kingdom Hearts 2, it's not five hours long and, ha- and makes you think that you've played half a game when really you haven't even played a 20th of it. <laughs> but... I love Kingdom Hearts too, but I will never forgive them for wasting my time on that (laughs) tutorial. (laughs) Anyhow, so on the new player module, you start off playing, um, going on a quest. Normally, you're on a road heading into town. This time, we weren't doing that. This time, the unicorn herself summoned us into her magic crystal, and we were... uh, we were told to basically protect her magic crystal and, more importantly, protect her baby, Calvin. Mm -hmm. Because little Calvin was a newborn unicorn at this Mm, time. he was
1: still actually have yet to meet. (laughs) Despite the fact he's supposed to sort of be my patron and I'm a little... I'm still a little confused. (laughs) Anyway, sorry.
0: (laughs) No problem. So Calvin was running around the um, little... The inside of a crystal, and the inside of the crystal was meant to look like a glade, a safe glade. But there were cracks coming in where these evil blood axe orcs were entering, trying to harm the baby unicorn. And they were servants of the main antagonist.
2: You can say her name. For
0: now. <laughs> I'm going to say her. The main antagonist of Carps for so many years, Nereza who is another NPC we're going to get to oh, yeah. down the line. But Narisa, this big black dragon NPC, she essentially she wanted to kill the unicorn because mm-hmm. the unicorn was a, a thorn in her side to all of her plans because the unicorn was basically the antithesis of wh- of who Narisa was. So Narisa sends in all of these blood orcs to try to attack Calvin. So we defended... I was playing Draven at the time. I defended... I helped defend Calvin and we won. But we got over our new player mod very quickly. And they told us, because of the way time is working, something's going to happen on the field that we can't have you leave the crystal until it happens. So they said, you have one of two options. You can either sit in the tavern out of character until the whatever-happens-out-on-the-field, in-character, takes place. Or, if you don't want to wait that long, if you want to keep playing, you can all be NPCs. Now some people decide they wanted to wait. I hadn't really npc very often before, so I just kind of followed these two new friends of mine, and the three of us were like, Yeah, let's be NPCs. <laughs> so we ran up to thinking, okay, so there's gonna be a fight. That's gonna be cool. We get there, it's a very different fight. For one thing, one of our player characters, who was also one of our narrators, Claire, is dressed up as Nerisa, this oh, the yeah. big black dragon. She had like
1: terrifying
0: terrifying and also really awesome and cool. She had like a tail that was moving as she walked. Yes, wings. She she had wings and horns. horns and dark dragon makeup so that Mm -hmm. even though she looks kind of like a humanoid dragon when you could only see the dark she had the silhouette uh where she looks like a dragon by
1: far one of the most terrifying things to have to fight in the dark
0: so she's there and i'm (laughs) i started getting a little bit freaked out i'm like what this is like the big bad of the whole game what's going on and they said the gms walked up to us and were like oh you're you're here to help us out and be npcs great you're all blood axe orcs, here are your stats, and you have infinite respawns, okay. the heroes are supposed to lose, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> and I was blown away, because beforehand, I had always been told in mass battles
1: mm-hmm. that...
0: Um, be be difficult, Be but... difficult, but the heroes are supposed to win. Right. Whereas this is the first time I was specifically told in a mass battle... The heroes are supposed to lose, so you're going to keep throwing everything you've got until you see a sign, a signal out on the field. And they said, and it will be very clear what it is. Mm -hmm. And so as we were walking out, we were all told to start chanting, blood for Nereza.
2: Kill, kill, kill. kill." kill.
0: (laughs) And up to that point, none of us knew Nereza the Black Dragon's name because she was essentially being treated like the Voldemort of carps. Mm. She essentially was, it was essentially common knowledge that if you said her name, your character was as good as dead. So a bunch of blood axe orcs screaming out blood for Narisa, kill, 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 was one of the most blood curdling things I ever mm-hmm. experienced. And I was one of the ones doing it. So it it was one of those scary things. It's like whenever you watch those movies of the feeling of being a blood exorc in that fight where the unicorn died and the mm-hmm. heroes were completely overwhelmed. It's like when you watch those scenes of like battles, like the battle of Hoth or like mm-hmm. something where, or like the order 66 scene in star mm-hmm. Wars, revenge of the Sith, where essentially you see all of the heroes just getting completely destroyed and decimated, mm-hmm. and you just feel that anguish, that sense of helplessness. But you're on the but you're the side that's doing it, and there's right. nothing you can do to stop it because you're the one carrying it out. Right. But it was a very epic showdown because I was a Blood Axe Orc. I got I was I had a front row seat. To seeing Nariza call out, taunt the unicorn, get the unicorn to come to her, break off the unicorn's horn, and tear her heart out. And it was one of the saddest moments I'd ever Mm -hmm. seen. And all the while, I'm just chanting, giving out this guttural Guttural. roar. (laughs) Yes, my tongue does not work today. (laughs) Guttural roar, screaming out as an orc and i actually got to fight one of our most famous orc characters in the game
1: brag 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 brag
0: we love brag
1: <laughs> yes he was
0: one of all, the first friends we ever made at carps yeah he
1: was a f- the first morning of carps the first saturday morning i was sitting with rachel slash the one punch gnome felby Hi, felby, felby. Um, we were just sitting together. That was before she was even the One Punch Gnome. Her character was completely different. She was looking at her character sheet, and then Brag walked in with his giant rock, and he set the rock on top of her sheet, and he said, "Take five strength to pick that up." And we both just stared at it because neither of us had any levels <laughs> of strength. and We were just like, "Now what?" <laughs> and that's when Henry walked in. And he was like, "Brag, stop." <laughs> I want to he see
0: Henry again. Me
1: too. Hi, Henry.
0: Hi, Henry. Please
1: come back.
0: And so Bragg is one he's he was a big goofball but he had Mm -hmm. such a big heart and
1: (laughs) he was also my dad for a bit but like a very brief few months
0: (laughs) and he was also a he also was one of Midway's strongest warriors yes so, but even, but because of what we had to do, Bragg was basically throwing himself at the front line, trying to sacrifice himself to protect
2: mm-hmm. all
0: of his friends. We overpowered him and I got into a one-on-one duel with him. Mm-hmm. I killed him and defeated him as this Bloodaxe orc. Mm-hmm. And I got to give the sickest exit uh-huh. line, killing blow line of all time.
1: That you brag about every t- hey, brag! Um, <laughs> <laughs> every t- chance you get. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it, it was that epic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I told him you're a traitor to your own kind. And then I slit his throat. It was a bloody battle.
1: Respect. <laughs> oh.
0: But unlike Molly Mock-Tea-Leaf, Bragg is still alive today, and we're glad of it. Oh, yeah. And we're back from our ab break. So, now we're going to change gears a little bit, because we've talked about NPCs we've played mm-hmm. at LARPs. Um, now I want to talk about... Let's just talk about some of our favorite NPCs that we've ever encountered. Okay.
1: Okay, can I start? Yes. Okay, so I will 100% say that my favorite NPC that I've ever had to encounter and continue to have to encounter is Damian Klein simply for the fact that he is the most terrifying thing that doesn't ever try to kill me but will not leave me alone. Um I think I've talked about him in a previous episode, haven't I? Yeah, we've talked um, we
0: talked about him briefly, but this mm-hmm. we're going to spend some time talking so about him. So right
1: Damian Klein is um, played by a very wonderful friend of ours and he's also the one that plays Rexton. Um he is a horror genre writer so you can already tell what kind of villain he can play um he is a nightmare entity essentially and he specifically part of his characterization is that he targets whoever is the constable of midway and because my character made friends with both the current and previous constable he took special interest in this but on top of that she should my character showed herself as like a scholarly type being the head of an ancient evil archive he he has decided that he wants to try to make me his successor which is terrifying um and it he it's interesting how his character has kind of evolved since i met him because he started as Damien Klein. Well, he started as the archivist. Then he evolved to Damien Klein. Then he evolved into kind of a, like a desperate person possessed by the archive. A very conflicting character. Um <laughs> He's also the one character that my character, would want to kill next to Nereza. But she can't kill him for various reasons. Um, just and just the way... He, like, he, he plays him too well. He plays him too well. He's terrifying um, in a silent way. Um, and he's saved my character's life. Way too many times. And that's terrifying. It's so hard to explain. He like. It's very psychological horror based. It's really well done. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that. And. Marie playing the unicorn. Those are my two top. Favorite NPCs.
0: And just also. An example of like how. How you can create characters like how makeup and at the same time the absence of it are able to create are still able to give you such an idea of like how what your type of npc is able to do because as the unicorn marie had this special kind of like makeup on her face Mm -hmm. that made it
1: very sparkly
0: like evoked some of the facial structure shapes of a unicorn. Mm-hmm. She wore a a fake horn. A fake horn. She wore like glittery robes and like a golden skirt with like a little tail in the back,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then her hair braided, yeah, like a mane. So she looked very much like a unicorn. Damian Klein is just Devlin. Like yep. what, even like when Devlin plays Rexton, he wears. He wears he wears little rosy cheeks <laughs> because he's a gnome, and he wears a big floppy hat in purple, and he's very jovial, very jolly, yes. but very kind and mm-hmm. clever. Damian Klein is just Devlin wearing <laughs> black clothes, right. and yet he makes that figure of an old bespect of like a middle aged bespeckled <laughs> man wearing black she- clothes <laughs> the scariest thing in the world.
1: Yep, but then on top of that, because. I will go with, um, I will also say that Claire playing Neriza is another example of like how makeup and props really enhance a character. Because when she played she the whole time I saw her, the only things she said were her calls. She didn't have to say anything for us to be scared of her. It was terrifying enough to hear point death, point death, point death, point range death, basically, which for anyone who hasn't played carbs carps means if you're the target of that, you're just dead. There's a few saves, but there's a way to avoid it. But like, it's just terrifying to be po- that powerful. And she had a few lines. There's only one I distinctly remember it got dead quiet for some reason. And all of a sudden I just heard her say, Oh unicorn. And that scared the crap
0: out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was
1: just so creepy. Cause I could see her as she did it. She had like this little way of walk. Cause she also walked like she knew she was the most powerful creature on the battlefield. Cause she was just flat and simple. And yeah, she's one of the most terrifying things in the world. But then she can go right around and be, like, she's one of the nicest people on the planet. She's one of my favorite people IRL to hang out with. And I've interacted with her actual character that she's played, who is, like, a really fun-loving, like, semi-serious, but also really knows how to have fun character. And, like, but I met her after, like, officially I met her after she played Nerisa. And so that was a really weird switch to undergo. Like, I've had that in... Well, it's... And that's, like, the thing with Devlin, how he can... I met Rexton first, and then I met Damian Klein, And then I will see Devlin playing other npcs and i'm always thinking is that damien clean in disguise is that who? what is it who is that and it's
0: just some dude <laughs> <laughs> he's just playing some dude and it's just like oh. but there will be <laughs> there will be times where devlin will just walk by and then point at us and whisper like nightmaric um, um, oh yeah <laughs> night dr- nightmaric sleep
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't had that happen. When does that happen?
0: That happens to me all the time where I'm just sitting in the tavern and he's... Bruh, you
1: haven't told me this.
0: (laughs) I didn't want you to worry.
1: (laughs) Pete's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get on my path now. I need to start learning stuff. (laughs) So I can cream him.
0: But also, like, with... Narisa, the great thing was she had like a humanoid form, which we saw all the time. Yeah. Like when she killed the unicorn. But for her final appearance, final battle, yes. they brought in a dragon full sized puppet prop.
1: Hey, yep. I only saw pictures. It looked amazing.
0: That they used on the field, which brings me to my next part about NPCs. Mm. Just talking a little bit about puppetry and how you can use it to change the proportions of your character to create a more terrifying enemy. Like, this usually happens on Blood Moon. Usually every Blood Moon at Carps, there is a type of Blood Moon there's a type of uh, puppet monster who mm-hmm. was always portrayed by a giant puppet. Like there was the ki- the there was the Death Lord who mm-hmm. was the Lord of all the Death Knights who was played by Bob Shank. Oh yeah. And he wore he was on stilts. He had Are like you... a mask. No no
1: no. no. That that was that the same thing because he also played like a flesh golem once, a giant flesh golem, and that's when he was that was another time he was on stilts.
0: He did, I think he did stilts for both.
1: Okay, because I remember the thing about the flesh golem was the, jo- the the trait was he lost flesh every time he took damage, so he lost his legs and then his speed doubled and yeah. he dropped off the stilts and just started booking it around the battlefield and that sounds terrifying.
0: <laughs> no, this one he was, we- he was on stilts and he was wearing like a skeleton okay. mask and like okay. puppet robes and his arms looked really long.
1: I can't wait until the next button, because hopefully we'll be live. Yeah.
0: And, but that just brings me back to Bob, because <laughs> during one of our um, mass battles, he just, kept, whatever he was, just kept getting killed off. So he just kept coming back in oh, as other monsters. So this
1: what this is what happened. That was at the orc community that you weren't there. Basically, what happened was he wanted to play Captain Crunch. He wanted to play his orc character that was retired, but we had to do our mass battle. And that involved a lot of, like, woodland creatures, dire woodland creatures. So he just asked, like, hey, I, is it all right if I just make up characters on the fly so that I can help this go through faster? And they were like, sure. So he would come as a dire spider and then he'd die. Then he was a dire frog and then he died. Then he was a dire wolf that he died the dire frog was my favorite because he like well he would like hop around as the frog and that was really funny and then with the spider he would just go from tree to tree and like stick to it and then shoots <laughs> shoot web.
0: <laughs> it was just really funny
1: it was fun to watch because that was also when um i played a treant That was one of my favorite things to be because that was one of the most powerful things I've played because it was just a massive tree and I could swing for a lot of damage. That was the only time I've ever been told to check my swing because I got really into it and I swung a little too hard. (laughs) I felt bad later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite NPCs was the character of Tate. And this is from Kanar. Oh, okay. So this one LARP that um, Caitlin and I started going to online, it's a LARP called Kanar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Knights, Nobles, and Rogues. And my first event, because it was an online event, and because it was so immersive in such a big world, I had no idea who anybody was or where to go to meet new friends. <laughs> so I just started wandering around as my little elf character, Elro and i had no idea what i was doing or where i was going i ended up in this back alley ended up kind of getting drafted into this assassin's guild though i thought it was a thieves guild led by this guy named tate who he was very rough he was very much your only your singular character of yeah he's big he's mean and he's very rough around the edges but then after Elro discovered what they were and started breaking down crying, Tate had such th- this conflict and you could tell he was like, this elf is basically a child
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we can't, he basically pointed out to Elro, listen, people die and we have, the, we have these contracts. And he said, but that doesn't mean you have to like it. Mm-hmm. He says, that doesn't mean that that mean is who you have to be. So Mm -hmm. it was really interesting. He let Elro go, but he told Elro, if you want to, you will always have a place in this guild working for us. But if you do, we never hurt kids. Mm -hmm. And if we find out that anyone hurt kids, they have to answer to us.
1: Mm.
0: Which I love because it kind of gave a
1: A moral
0: moral high ground to him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he was like, if you want to walk a different path, walk a different path. We won't mm-hmm. force you. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because he took a ver- something that would have been so easy to create a stereotype
2: mm-hmm.
0: around
2: Ooh, yeah. and
0: make him a sympathetic assassin. Mm-hmm. And that just goes for even the way people write on online LARPs
2: mm-hmm.
0: are able to do. And that was, it was actually incredible. Mm-hmm. There is another NPC from Carps I want us to talk about. Okay. Someone who's very near and dear to your heart. We've mm-hmm. only seen him once, but by golly, we want him to come back. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, of course, about the bravest warrior <laughs> yes. in all of the grasslands. <laughs> he
1: is Flutterwing, and Sir Flutterwing. Sir Flutterwing, and he is steeds, His trusty Worgy. His Worgies, his steeds. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I miss him so much, I don't know how to get him back.
0: So Caitlin, tell, tell us who F- Sir Flutterwing was. So
1: Sir Flutterwing was one of my favorite NPCs, he was the, my favorite, I got to talk to him just one-on-one on one too, so um, he's played by Evan. Evan,
0: new. who was, yeah. used to be the GM of carps.
1: Right, so he, it was a pixie warrior a pixie knight i guess yes um and he they needed to free their trusty trusty war steeds which were for a bunch of corgis which <laughs> was hysterical um because i distinctly remember who was it that played his war steeds? it was it gun was, it was, it was gunther. gunther yeah so so yeah it was gunther so um <laughs> he just went so if you understood um animal speak Which So I had to laugh out of character about this because what happened was he could talk to this one girl and he would thank you my champion (laughs) for freeing me from my iron prison. It was amazing. But Sir Flutterwing was hysterical because he was just this like really like out there knight just like really like bold and brave and all this and because there were just a lot of people there it was very crowded so I kind of hung back and I asked him of his exploits and so he told me the the bat the story of the battle of the hill against the I think it was the goblins of um, <laughs> many a brave warrior fell that day but <laughs> it was just hysterical <laughs> so that's by far just one of my favorite things because evan is a big guy but he managed to portray the a tiny pixie warrior in all his like pomp and circumstance but small stature in the best way possible and he was only a one-shot character and i want to see him again really badly <laughs> evan if you're listening <laughs> please <laughs> next
2: move <favorite. laughs>
0: He needs to come back next yes. family. <laughs> I'll miss him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that reminds me. You have to tell us about um an NPC you're creating. Which one? Harmony.
1: Oh well, that's the one that I can't really talk about. Oh, yet. you can't
0: talk about Harmony yet. Not
1: really. <laughs> Not because she hasn't been introduced yet, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Okay. Um, she she is Faye related. That's all I'll say
0: about it. All right. Mm-hmm. But Harmony is a cool character. Yes,
1: I loved making Harmony. Simply for the fact that she will... Like, I think I said I already said this a couple of times. She's going to be my first, like, good guy character. Um, NPC... Well, my first NPC that will have notable presence. Like, other than she'll be... Not that she'll just be memorable. Because most... I've tried to make every one of my NPCs memorable. She's going to be important, I hope. Because... Not just because she's going to be my most powerful NPC... But because of the kind of stature that she has. And I'll have a lot. I know I'll have a lot of fun playing her. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of little rough edges that I do need to work and buff out. Um, I need to fully present. I haven't fully presented her to um, the GMs just yet. I just have her set. Um, So I'm going to be doing that very, very soon. In the months before our next event in March. so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to be able to talk about her in the future. I just I'm not gonna talk about her too much right now. Mm-hmm. For surprises. I want her to be cool and not spoiled beforehand. I want her entrance to be amazing. Cool.
0: Hmm. I think. Something I want to talk about briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite NPCs from Carps is Corelia, who is Draven's path teacher. Uh, yes, and Corelia is actually played by Claire, who also plays Nerisa. Mm-hmm. And Corelia, it's interesting that when she came in to um. Draven's path when she and Draven first crossed, crossed paths because it almost kind of felt like perfect timing because mm-hmm. several player characters, uh, my high elf family, Oren, Ridgewell, Vasek, Jolie, mm-hmm. and vol and NaliaTaro, and InviniaTari, if any of you are listening to this, I love you so dearly and I cannot wait to be fabulous with you all again. <laughs> well, so... The great thing about the relationship I've had with that Draven has had with them is that Draven loves them and they love Draven, but they do not agree with Draven on a lot of things. But that's because Draven has a lot of human heritage as well. And so he tends to act a little more human that way. And so it sometimes causes these elves who've lived their lives from in the elven city of Sylvandar to not understand him, to um, tell him to basically suppress his emotions and tell him that it's not good, out of a genuine concern for him, but that they feared that his human-like qualities and his emotions would make him an unsuitable elf, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which was very hard for Draven to hear. And that's when Corellia crosses paths with Draven, and completely changes his life because Corelia is one of the most respected elves in Sylvandar, and she's the creator of the Battle Mage um, path,
1: which mm-hmm. Draven
0: is on. She's one of the she's one of the most high ranking elves in Sylvandar, more high ranking than any of the other elves that Draven has met to this point. And she honestly seems a whole lot more human than a lot of them, mm-hmm. even though she's full high elf. Because she lived, because of her hall, she lived out in the
2: mm-hmm.
0: the not with non-elves for quite a while, while still maintaining a whole lot of respect back in Sylvandar, and essentially she became like the Qui Gon Jinn figure
1: to oh,
0: Draven, but the kind where Qui Gon, but like a We're, universe where <laughs> Qui Gon didn't die,
1: right? Exactly,
0: <laughs> because Corelia basically was the one who finally got it into Draven's head. No, you are allowed to have emotions. Mm. You are allowed to have people you care about. You are allowed to make your own path. But in doing so, understand why you make your path. Right. If you lose something, don't let that grief overtake you, but rather live in memory of them. Mm -hmm. Don't die to run away from your problems.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Rather live in memory ...of those you've lost to honor them and make them proud. Mm. And doing that really helped Draven out of a place that he was in... ...because over the past year, even though it was all virtual online... ...we couldn't have in-person stuff... ...I kind of noticed that Draven went on sort of a character arc... ...that Corellia helped him through... ...where Mm. by the end, he changed for the better... ...and was a whole lot more reserved as a person... ...and could feel a whole lot more comfortable with his elven heritage... Because he realized that by embracing it, he didn't have to give up who he was. Mm. And it was Corellia's teaching and her kind words speaking to him that helped him get there. Wow. And I think to wrap up, I just want to af- ask your advice on something. Okay. Because you are a good writer. You're a great NPC and you're okay. an amazing warper. If you, as a person who's played an NPC, Mm-hmm. For somebody who is going to be an NPC at a LARP, somebody who's going to create their own NPCs, or anybody who's interested in NPCing, what's the greatest piece of advice you could give to mm. somebody being an NPC at a LARP?
1: Hmm. I would have to say that even though your role is to serve the player, doesn't mean that you don't get to play an important character. So regardless of what you're playing, you should enjoy it because you're having impact no matter what you're playing. And you should be able to feel comfortable adding your own flavor to whatever you're playing. Whether it's a big baddie, a big goodie, or just like the tiniest little like stepping stone monster that you have to fight.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. if it's challenging, players will remember it. And yeah, I guess that's my advice.
0: That's really good advice. I also, I nearly forgot about these NPCs, but they deserve a little bit of a shout out before we go. Mm-hmm. We need to take our hats off for the Hat Gang. <laughs> we love the Hat Gang. And every time they show up, oh, it's yeah. comedy
2: gold. Yes.
0: So for a little bit of background, the Hat Gang are this group of peasants who have formed themselves into a militia called the Hat Gang. <laughs> yep. Because the way the caste system works in Carps, the peasants are basically on a lower level of second class citizen from everyone else mm-hmm. and the hat gang are kind of sick of it yeah. so they've decided to make their own militia to protect the kingdom when really they are acting they're, completely they're, as they're outlaws kind, they're
1: kind of bandits and my favorite part was um their leader when the first time we met them their leader was like "That you just assaulted us we're gonna go find the constable and he was the guy who plays the constable <laughs> So they went back to find the constable, and he was trying to find the constable when he was, in fact, the constable. So it was just really. I loved every second of it.
0: The greatest thing was they attacked us, specifically <laughs> you. They attacked oh, Helen yeah, Ed. I
1: got knocked down. I almost died.
0: And so we retaliated in kind, and then they said, Oh, that's we, assault. That's assault. We're going to find the constable. I don't
1: know what that word means, but it's assault. <laughs> and that's illegal.
0: And so we just all laughed it off, like, ha-ha, of course you're going to get the constable. <laughs> and Goodbye. they actually went to the tavern. <laughs> we, ac- we got back to the tavern. They're there waiting for us. And it was the funny... And the best part was our GM, the narrator, was like, I'm
1: not sure where everyone went. I think they might have actually gone to find the constable. And we were all laughing about it. And then we got back to the tavern, we're like, oh my gosh, they're actually here! <laughs> And that kind of plays into the advice because you have, as the NPC, you have every right to make those decisions.
0: And then I got to cathartically get to express my admiration for the hat game in game because I helped out with an I was NPCing as. A family member of one of the hat gang <laughs> and so I was sitting around a table with several other NPCs Luke Hardy was one of them <laughs> yeah, and of so was Claire so we were sit- we were all dressed as peasants and I was talking about my relatives in the hat gang and I was like those darned constables have taken our families and thrown them in jail for the for being part of the honorable hat gang I want to join when I get old enough <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> I get old enough.
0: And it was so much fun. So I think I think if I had to give any advice for being an NPC, just have fun.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Just have fun. Give it your all because mm-hmm. you'll have fun and you'll also give the player the player characters a lot of fun because let's face it,
1: mm-hmm. they
0: couldn't play if there were no NPCs.
1: Exactly. Yes. Boom, roll credits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Before we end, I just want to give a few shout outs. Thank mm. you, of course, to Anchor.fm for giving us the software to create yeah. LARP for Life. Uh, shout out once again to Final Euphoria for designing the cover art mm. for Cart for the um, LARP for Life. And as always, a thanks to Caitlin for coming in and co-hosting with me. Yeah, See, yeah that's right. You're not a guest anymore. You're yeah. a co-host. You're Woo! a regular.
1: I got promoted, baby.
0: <laughs> so, once What's again, my pay? <laughs> My people will call your people. We'll work something out. I'm
1: broke. I don't have people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then people will be provided for you. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> And as always, this is Caitlin and L. J. Richardson, and we're hoping that you larp for life., well,
1: Bye, bye. bye.